you have both of those together, you know, you can go toe to toe with anybody. Confidence is essential, but will only get you so far. Understanding and knowing your facts are so important because anytime somebody is able to throw something at you, you're confident that you've researched it, you know it, and you can respond to them. According to a recent survey, only 19% of managing partners in U.S. law firms are female. We would like to see that change. Hello, and welcome to Walker, the show where we celebrate the trailblazing attorneys and entrepreneurs who are changing the game for women in the legal field. Be inspired by their stories, learn from their mistakes, and look forward to the future they're helping build for the next generation of women in law. I am Sonia Palmer, your host and VP of Operations at Rankings, the SEO agency of choice for personal injury lawyers. This is Lawher. Managing partner at Haquist & Eck, Alreen Haquist has more than 19 years of experience recovering millions of dollars for her clients and a 99% success rate. Today, we discuss how her role has shifted as her firm has grown, the values that keep her firm rooted in justice, and how to create social impact outside of a practice. With just $5,000 and a whole lot of confidence, Alreen started her firm. She fights for her clients while drawing inspiration from their courage. Let's dive in. My clients come forward every day and are really strong to stand up for themselves and to share their story publicly as to what happened to them. And I just felt like, you know, I needed to do that too. Like I wanted to let them know that I know it's hard to put it out there. And so that's why I started sharing it a little bit about it. I was abused um, by my dad and, you know, physical way and a verbal way all growing up until, you know, I left and he passed really. And that shaped me in the sense that one, watching him do that to my siblings and my mom and never saying anything about it. Now I just can't be quiet. So when I see that now, it just naturally comes out on behalf of other people. And same for myself. It's because, you know, I didn't stand up for myself against my dad when I was young. Now I'm very vocal about if I feel like there's an injustice to me or other people that makes me stand up and stand out. It comes out naturally. It's taking something that was really negative in your life and it's makes this like affirmative act. Um, and it's almost, it's triggering, right? When somebody reacts that way, it's a trigger because of how I was treated when I was young, but I'm using that trigger in a positive way to help other people because it is something that's natural in my being that comes out. Yes. Yes. And that's not an easy thing to do. Like the way you just sort of described that, like, oh, I do this. That's not an easy thing to do. <laughs> Which I didn't realize again, because so natural for me. It, it's like, it's, there's no thought behind it. It's not like I go into it and like, oh, I'm going to be really strong today when I stand up to this bully. It literally just comes out and you see it and people who have been either against me or have seen me, it literally just comes out. There's no thought process behind it. I will just go on that mode of this is not right. And I don't care who you are on the other side. I will be in your face to let you know that's not okay. I think what's cool about the law and why I went into law school, it's like, one, I have this natural state to be what I am, but what I, what the law helped me do is to back up what everything I say with the law. So I'm in your face and I have a legal background to tell you why it's unlawful and why this is not going to be tolerated in the court of law as well. So it's putting both of those things together. And I've heard you say that like the law is for everyone so that you can use that for your clients and work that for them. When did you sort of know it was time to start your firm? 
Sure. So I was um, working at a large plaintiff's uh, class action firm, and I was in my fifth year. And it was at that time when I realized that there was a essentially a ceiling at that firm. I mean, even if I became partner, it wasn't going to be a true partnership. There really wasn't that possibility. And so then that's when I decided I didn't want, you know, me and my gender to put limitations on me. Um, I wanted to be the only person that put limitations on myself. So that's when I decided to leave the firm and go out on my own. Were there any milestones or goals or anything that you felt like you needed to have in place to get you to where you are today? So going out on my own, I did, you know, want to work with a great group of attorneys and get the experience. That's why I didn't start my own practice when I first went out. I wanted to work with other lawyers. I didn't know any lawyers growing up until I went to law school or, and then I met some actually in college as well. But so I didn't know any, I wanted to get some experience and working at that firm, I was working with, you know, the best and the brightest and going up against the best and the brightest. So I think having that experience definitely added to the confidence of, Hey, now I know what I'm doing. And at least I, I might not know business yet, but at least I know how to practice law. How did you meet your current partners? My partner, Amber Eck, um, also worked at the firm that we used to, was just in a different department. So I knew her from, from then. And my original partner, who's no longer with the firm, she also used to work at the firm. So we all became friends there. And then my other partners, they started as associates. So they, you know, Aaron Olson was one of my first employees um, and he, you know, grew up here and is now a partner and same with Jenna Renhell. Nice. So you sort of like pulled from a pool of people that you knew. How do you find talent now? So finding talent now is is the same thing. You are in, I think, in the community. So for people that are experienced or in the community, you've seen their work. But we also pull just from law students. So we participate in the summer associate program at different law schools and they get to work here for a summer and we get to see their work. They get to see, you know, how, how we work. And then we start them off as what we call baby lawyers or junior lawyers. (laughs) (laughs) Baby lawyers. I like that. (laughs) And mentor them, right? And having that mentorship so they can grow up with that same confidence and the ability to do great work for their clients. You just mentioned mentorship. As you were on this path, did you have any key mentors? You know, this is always like such a, I feel like sad question for me because I, (laughs) I didn't really have a lot of mentors. You know, I was the first lawyer in my family. I didn't have, you know, our friend circles weren't, were lawyers, but I feel like my mentorship has come from my partners and my employees and my clients. Like those have, be, have been the people that have mentored me as I learn from them and grow with them. And obviously like the plaintiff's bar, I would say has been a source of mentorship. There hasn't been like one person, but it's a very collaborative community, I would say. And like, you can always call somebody and ask for help or run something by them they're always very supportive because everybody wants you to do well for employees and consumers and this group of people that isn't represented. So Mm -hmm. I would say that group collectively has been my source of mentorship. I don't think you're necessarily alone in that without having key mentors, because one of the things that I hear a lot is, especially in law school and right after law school, is that I, I wish I'd had more support or that I had known someone who was kind of going through what I was going through. Finding people where you can just pick up the phone and be like, Hey, (laughs) I'm going through this. What do you think? Um, just collect feedback. So I think that is definitely a form of mentorship, even if it's not like formal. Yes. (laughs) There are very few female run law firms in the United States. Did you feel like you had a big barrier to entry for that? And then how did you overcome it? 
Um, I don't think I had a barrier to entry of starting my own business. I think the barrier is the financial aspect of it. So not having anybody financially back you up, having really, I had $5,000 when I started my firm. I know there are other men that had left the firm and they got support from other male partners alone, essentially to start their own firm. I know many people that have had that. So that was a barrier. I don't know if that was a barrier because I'm a woman. I never asked anybody for a loan, but I would say the barrier really is just having no money and needing to believe in yourself. So there is a lot of (laughs) self-talk that goes into it, right? To believe in yourself and be confident that you can do this as well. And again, there isn't a lot of women who are doing this. And so there's not a lot of role models. There's not a lot of people that you can call up and say, how did you do this? Because I want to do this too. The people you're asking are, you know, the men who have started their own firms. But in the sense of, can anybody start their own law firm? Yeah, you can, but it's not as easy as one might think. Yeah. I think you said it earlier too, where it was when you felt like you were a good lawyer that you could then learn business. So if you had learned law and you became a good lawyer, you could learn business and become a good business owner. Like you had, you had already seen yourself do something. So could do it again. I got that right away when I started my own business. I don't think I looked at it as a business. I looked at it as just lawyering by myself. Mm. Definitely throughout the process where I kind of like, oh, I'm running a business. <laughs> I have to run it like a business. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I hired a business coach. So I had somebody kind of help me through the process, you know, of what it looks like to run a business. Since I didn't go to business school, um, I just got some coaching, read some books and kind of mentored myself that way to run a business, which I think we're running well now. Yes, I think you are doing very well now. And that's huge. I think, you know, lawyers are good at lawyering, (laughs) but then accounting, marketing, all of these things that you have to learn, hiring, leadership, all those different things, all those then come into play. No. <laughs> There's none of those classes in law school. <laughs> yes, I think you've done very, very well. Was it intentional? Most of your staff is female. Was that intentional? Yes. What was the reasoning? <sighs> having male dominated structures is very common. Uh, having male leaders is very common. Having a male um, environment is very common. And so having a group of women that work together that can create what they want and the lifestyle they want and being able to litigate how they want was important to me. I don't want people's gender um, and who they are to limit them in any way. And I think men who work with us, not all men want to have a female as their mentor and not all men want a female boss. It is hard for them. And so I think it's, it's intentional in that sense. We're not excluding men, but it's not for everybody. So Mm -hmm. how has your role changed since the firm was founded to today? I did all of the (laughs) (laughs) um, litigation I did from start to finish of a case. And now I don't do that so much. The other lawyers in in the firm do that more as my role in the business has taken precedent as we've grown and gotten more employees. There does have to be somebody who manages the business aspect of it more. And so my role in that sense has changed. And that was a hard transition because I've always wanted to be a lawyer. I went to law school, you know, I didn't go to business school. And so kind of transitioning from being a lawyer to being a business owner was 
difficult, but I really enjoy that aspect because now it's more about mentoring the new lawyers coming forward and how to be a good lawyer. So I'd look at my role as a lawyer as more of a mentor to the lawyers below me. What are some of the things that you try to instill in them? So what is something that you wish you had known when you were starting out that you try to teach them? I think there's always two aspects of of litigation um, that everybody needs to have. I think there's 50% of confidence. Like you have to have the confidence that you know what you're talking about because on the plaintiff side, we're constantly told we don't know what we're talking about. Our case sucks. It's a frivolous lawsuit. You're going to lose. We're going to, you know, kill you in court. And so these types of comments are constant. (laughs) You're constantly being told um, you're not good enough by the other side. And our job is always to build the case. Their job is always to put a hole in the case. And so I would say teaching them confidence, understanding and knowing the law and understanding and knowing your facts are so important because anytime somebody is able to throw something at you, you're confident that you've researched it, you know it, and you can respond to them. You have to have both parts, have the confidence that you know what you're talking about, but the confidence comes from knowing, researching, and understanding what your facts and the law is. And if you have both of those together, you know, you can go toe to toe with anybody. Already her firm have tackled many cases. She shares with us some standout cases. I am very proud of going against Donald Trump and Trump University. And I would say because he thought, you know, and he <laughs> kind of still does, that no, he was untouchable, right? And nobody was going to get him and he was going to fight us to the end. And he fought that case seven years in the making. And then it really settled and he paid back, you know, all the money that he took from all those people. So we're proud of that because the people that spent money in that case had given up, you know, their retirement, had money on credit card bills. So getting that money back for them was great. And our firm and our our co-counsel didn't take fees on that case. I'm very proud of representing women in gender discrimination cases. And we had several of them. Same thing because as a woman, you're, you've already had to work really hard to be in a professional role. You've, you've worked really hard or twice as hard to get there. And you really just want to do your job. You want to be recognized on your merits. And that doesn't always happen. And so finally to say like, hey, I've seen this go on for too long and stand up to a really large institution to take a stand, I think is very brave of the women who come forward. And I'm very proud to represent them in the cases that we have. Your firm is guided by the values of justice. Can you tell us what those values are and how they guide your firm? One is to just do the right thing. And that means in everything that we do, always have that in in your mind that, you know, this is the right thing to do and that's why I'm going to do it. We uplift with passion and positivity in all of our cases with all of our clients. We're always excited to be doing the work. Um, And we're always happy to do it. And that really, when you're in our office, you can see that when we're working on something. We succeed through teamwork. Obviously, there's attorneys in the office and paralegals and, you know, the intake specialists. But we all think we're a part of a team working on behalf of our clients. And we succeed through teamwork. We work together on cases. We meet and strategize on issues together. And we don't think anybody is above the other. Um, we, we're all part of the team. And our job is always to do the best for our clients. We take ownership for our work, meaning we don't pass it on to other people. We don't expect other people to do it. We own it and we do it. 
we instill excellence in all we do, meaning if, <laughs> if we don't think something is reaches to that excellent level, we're trying to figure out how we can get it there. And so all of our briefs go through several drafts. We keep editing things because we always want to put out the most excellent work product, whether it be a letter that's going out or a brief or oral argument. We want to make sure we believe that that product has the highest level of excellence. We care for our clients first, meaning we're very client-centric, we're client-focused. We want to make sure they're taken care of before anything else. And lastly, we evolve every day. We have meetings every week where we're trying to figure out how can we do something better? People are putting in their ideas of like, hey, this isn't working that great. You know, this can be improved on. And that's like a constant weekly, daily thing for us is how can we make things better? Because we don't want to be complacent and stagnant. I love that last one. You frequently see change as a part of core values, company core values. But I think evolve is such a stronger word. Because it's not just change, but almost like evolving forward. Kind of like you said, make it better, make it more efficient. So I I love that last one. And then giving back as a core value of your firm. And I'd like to talk about the foundation at your firm, as well as the nonprofit Think Dignity that you helped found. Do you feel like law firms have an obligation to give back to the community? I do. I think law firms really have an obligation to give back. I think we are so fortunate to be in the roles that we have that are very powerful roles and with a lot of power that holds a lot of responsibility. So I think just who we are, I think makes us have a responsibility towards the community and how fortunate we are with everything we've been given. I think we have a responsibility to, to give back. And I'd like to see more law firms do that. How can they do that? There are so many ways to give back. And I think it's sometimes overwhelming because there are so many amazing organizations and so many people out there doing good work and you really want to support everybody. Um, and so I just think there's, there's so many ways you can do hands-on activities yourself. You can donate money. You can find a cause that you're super passionate about and figure out ways to be involved. If you see a need in the community, you can try to fill that need or that void. Um, and I think there's something for everyone to give back. Can you tell us about Think Dignity? and how it came to be? Started when I, when I worked at that old firm um, with a group of women that also worked at that firm. And we would sit together and, and you know, drink glasses of wine and talk about you know, social issues that bothered us. And decided instead of talking about it, like, what are we going to do about it? And so that's how it started. And we decided at the time when we started it, we were going to tackle different issues, right? There was different social issues we were going to tackle at a time. And our first one became homelessness because one of the other women kept seeing a homeless man in, on the street and didn't know what to do and didn't know how to help him. And she felt a little intimidated just going up to him by herself. And so if we all went collectively to go help him, you know, that made her feel a little safer and a little bit more empowered to just go up to him and, and do that. And so that's kind of how it started. We started doing these backpacks and wanted to give out things that people might need on the street backpacks. And that's how it started. We didn't start it as a nonprofit. We just decided to collectively go out and help people out on the street in any way we could. And from that, homelessness wasn't a, a topic that you could tackle and leave here in San Diego. It's um, a very big issue here in San Diego. And so that kind of became what it used to be called Girls Think Tank. And we changed the name to Think Dignity. It became about homeless advocacy. And realizing that people on the streets didn't need 
a backpack. They needed dignity. They needed a place to go to the bathroom. They needed a place to shower. They needed a place to keep their things. And so it evolved in that way. And now it's an advocacy organization as well as providing, you know, dignity for people out on the street. I love that. It's sort of treating versus a symptom, getting to the root of sort of what might be, you know, causing that. I love that. I have a group of women I also drink wine with occasionally. And I think I'm going to pitch that to them as well because so often it turns to social issues. And it's like, all right, what are we going to do about it? So I love that. If everything goes to plan, where would you see that organization, Think Dignity, in three years? I mean, they have just been just doing more and more as they figure out what the needs are. I mean, I think what one of the things they've been trying to figure out is getting some more permanent housing here in San Diego. Mm -hmm. And there's just sadly a lot of backlash. Like nobody wants it in their neighborhood. Nobody wants permanent housing for the homeless in their neighborhoods. And so I see them continuing to evolve and making that a reality, you know, getting some more like permanent housing for people living on the streets and getting them more services. You guys recently did a rebranding. What led to that? The site looks fantastic. So what kind of led to that decision? What I was telling you earlier, which is, you know, if something doesn't rise to the level of excellence, then like, I'm not proud of it. It's like, wait, if I'm not like get super excited and don't think that represents our values and we need to do something about it. And so that's what prompted it. And what I told you before, you know, we're evolving. So that was great, but I don't think, it rose to a level of excellence and I think it needed to evolve and have better messaging for our clients as to what we did. And I think our other website and brand was fine, but I don't want it to be fine. And I'm really proud and really excited about the new brand and what it looks like. And I think it tells our clients what we do and who we are, which is we stand up for them when they stand up for themselves. Yes, I agree completely. I see a lot of lawyer websites. <laughs> but I did, I felt like when I when I go to your site, I know exactly who you are and what you do and how you can help. So I think you guys did an excellent job there. So if you weren't an attorney, what would you be? I'd probably be running a bed and breakfast and giving you food in the morning <laughs> when I wanted to. <laughs> departure. That's a departure. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's good. <laughs> that's good. I like it. I love cooking and I love hosting people. And so I like having dinner parties. And so it would, again, it would have to be on my terms, but that's what I would see myself doing, hosting people and making them feel, you know, excited to be here in San Diego. Standing up and speaking out is personal for Alreen, who is fighting for social equity both in and out of her firm. When thinking about how you want to structure your business, consider the kinds of relationships you want with your staff and clients. Use core values to guide your decisions and let your research bolster your ingrained confidence. A huge thank you to Alreen for sharing her story and unbelievable insights with us today. Please keep an eye out for her upcoming book, Fired Up, Belling Triumph from Trauma. You have been listening to Law Her with me, Sonia Palmer. If you found this content insightful, inspiring, or it just made you smile, please share this episode with a trailblazer in your life. For more about Alreen, check out our show notes. And while you're there, please leave us a review or a five-star rating. It really goes a long way for others to discover the show. And I will see you next week on Laher, where we'll shed light on how another of the brightest and boldest women in the legal industry climbed to the top of her field. Oh, 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 oh,